Oh, we get we yo we Hold up, way yo way yo way yo way yo. We get we yo we Hold up, way yo way yo way yo. Stand up in the motor, bust the dash, bro. Stand up in the motor, bust the dash, bro. Hold up, way get we yo. We're back with the Jump Pod Episode 5 podcast. Um, unfortunately, we only have three quarters of the pod boys here today. Spencer Pesh, our producer, uh, is working on a music video for one of our close friends, Joe Bunnen. Um, we're going to touch on a little bit something that you guys might not know. So we're going to talk about ourselves this episode. A little bit of ourselves. Maybe like just give you guys a little back peek and peek, a little peek behind the curtain and uh, show you guys where it all started. So uh, Mike and I both went to college together. We both went to University at Albany. Um, we met each other, I think, sophomore year, right, Mike? Yep. Sophomore year, Mike was uh, starting a frat with our good friend Armin Kobe. Um, and he uh, asked our group of friends if he wanted to be in it, and our friendship took off from there. Mike, uh, it's been kind of a smooth, smooth sailing ever since then. Is there anything? <laughs> I would have to agree. Ever since then, you know, we've had a... Uh... Just a, a good bond, almost like a brotherhood, <laughs> if you will. And like it, LeBron and Carmelo, right? Carmelo and then Dwayne Wade and Chris Paul with our studio manager and our producer. So, yeah, it's definitely been smooth sailing. I'm uh, fortunate to meet you. Yeah, now we're now we're doing this really cool podcast, um, and we hang out in Park Slope a lot. And we, um, we fancy ourselves as Williamsburg frequenters, uh, right? I think that's kind of like our... One of our main places. Yeah, we we frequent over there, Crown Victoria. Yeah, who's uh sponsoring us tonight with uh four bottles of Jameson Black Label. Um, it's an incredible sponsorship. You know, we're more of a cash sponsorship, but hey, we'll take what we could get at the moment. Uh, you want to jump into it? Well, so Mike, I think that maybe we could have a little fun this podcast. If you guys up in Albany or anyone else listening are pre gaming to go out. Uh, why don't every time we take a shot, you guys take a shot. We'll let you guys know, give you a little time, uh, and maybe that'll be a fun game. If you're listening to this on your way to work on a Monday, uh, maybe you could just do it with coffee. That's kind of like a cool way to substitute. Or maybe if you got Irish coffee going, we do have with Jameson. This is Select Reserve, uh, courtesy of, like Mike said, Crown Victoria. But yeah, uh, Mike, what happened this week in your life? Anything interesting? Just working, man. Working for the weekend, you know, for these, uh, Odd days, got to stay breaded for it. <laughs> uh, what about you? Uh, so I actually went to, for work, I went to Mike's, um, his favorite team's old residence, the Islanders at the Nassau Coliseum. Uh, they're doing currently doing some work on it. And I got to see the inside gutted out. The outside still looks the same. Michael, you know, lament to hear that. But uh, the inside is all gutted out. They haven't started renovations yet, as in like putting new seats and stuff. But everything else is gone. And it looked pretty cool. I'm sure Mike is going to go to a few games there once they move back from Brooklyn to Long Island, which I think is a foregone conclusion. Um, Mike, how are the Islanders doing right now? They have a big game tonight against the Penguins. I think they're three points behind. A win would be gigantic for them to move up in the boards. Okay, too much hockey, Mike. Fuck that. (laughs) On to basketball. Mike, what happened this week? A lot off the court, huh? Damn, a lot of kind of savage shit off the court, Savo honestly. Savile topics, Savile topics. Oh, which one should we jump into first? Maybe D'Angelo Russell? Yeah, because he's, he's my Ohio State guy. Last year, he was my favorite player on the Buckeyes, who's our best player by far. And it turns out he's a snitch. Mike, what do you think about the whole story? It seems kind of funny that uh, the Lakers would want their rookie players being best friends with Nick Young. Uh, I think that 
of all this, that was what was most shocking to me, that Nick Young had befriended all these young guys. It seems like that's not the kind of role model you want for young for young players in the NBA, right? It seems like the organization as a whole is a little wacky, mm-hmm. if you will. Mitch Kupchak. Disjointed. Mitch Kupchak is on his way out. Yeah, for sure. Um, the, uh, all these losses, they, they gave up on the season. I think they gave up on uh, their players' role models as well. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I just don't understand when D'Angelo Russell says that uh, – it, his phone got hacked. They found it off of Snapchat. Why was it on Snapchat anyway? Who yeah. were you snapping it to? This is – you can't snitch. So it seems like D'Angelo Russell's cover was that he wanted to say, like, oh, me and Nick, Nick, uh, Nick Young take videos like this all the time, which, like, I understand. Like, me and, like, our friends, we take videos of each other all the time doing stupid shit. But, like, that's a weird thing to videotape someone doing. Just, like, I wouldn't do that to my boy Mikey Bodies ever. You know, videotape him talking about who he's piping. Like, it's not that cool. So we it just don't kiss and tell. Yeah. So like, it's just kind of weird that like he would do that. Mikey bodies. <laughs> you don't like Mikey bodies? Come on, man. <laughs> That's hilarious. But yeah, it just seems kind of weird that he would talk about that or if, try to like secretly videotape that. Uh, even if he didn't want to put it online, I don't know. It ended up there, man. Like, you're a great basketball player, and I think you're going to be really good in the future. But it just seems kind of iffy if teammates are ever going to trust you the same way again you know just mike would you trust a guy like that on your team definitely not right that's hard man i mean one of the first things of a friendship is just hey keep my secret i you're promising not to tell like what what you do you do i do i do no one hears that that's it but man true mikey body statement right there poor savo poor iggy yeah. Poor Iggy. I mean, you got to understand, this guy's an NBA player who names himself Swaggy P. He didn't earn the nickname. He named it he's himself. He's not that good. He's, he's, not, not, that he's good. not that good. So, I mean, it's a tough situation. Neither side is correct in this battle, let's be honest, but they're both kind of savile for it. Do you think D'Angelo was trying to go after Iggy low-key? So now she was like, I think she tweeted out something like, thanks for tweeting that story or tweeting that video. Now we know the whole story, something like that. Do you think he's going to make a run at her low-key? Is he sliding into her DMs right now? I don't know. You know what? From that tweet, Iggy said something like, thanks, bro. I feel like they might actually just be in an open relationship and they're able to do this. Because Iggy Azalea ain't the uh, She's really good at rapping the right girl. guys. Don't you remember that freestyle she dropped last year where she's like... So, she's not that good. She's kind of like swag, the Swaggy P version of rapping, right? Wow, I would have to agree they're with that. They're kind of like on the same level of whackness, you know? Like they're high profile, but they just suck at what they at their like respective trades. It's it's really it's just it kind of sucks that it it was D'Angelo Russell. He's probably third runner up for Rookie of the Year this year. He's already yeah. turning into a really good point guard. You yeah. can tell he's gonna he's the point guard of the future for the Lakers for sure. Yeah. So to start off a career like this, where you're all you're causing problems in the locker room, and you're not being able to be trusted. Yeah. That's so, tough, especially as a point guard. As like the elder statesman in the locker room, what do you think Kobe's doing right now? So I was thinking the same thing, but Kobe was in a similar situation where he got caught cheating. He was also in a similar situation where he was snitching on Shaquille O'Neal for his inconspicuous actions uh, when yeah. they were on the road as well. So I kind of feel like this is a time where, especially now that he's retiring, he's going to keep his mouth shut. Yeah, he just wants to get out of there. I you think know, he's like he's just like, all right, I'm done with basketball now. Like. There's seven games left of the season. He's like, I can't wait to go to Barcelona for three months and chill. 
what he should do, what the old Kobe would do, is just pretty much smack everyone around and yeah. focus on basketball, and that's it. Well, the old Kobe wouldn't be losing that much, this much either, you know? That's true. Or looking like a robot on the sideline when they're trying yeah. to help warm him up. Yeah, he's uh, – it seems to me not – I don't blame him for this at all. If I, if I were him, I would want to get out of there too. It's not like he has – he should be playing any role in this, but it's just like, it seems like he's kind of given up uh, this season as cool as it's been to watch, I guess from a guy or a kid who's Kobe was like my Jordan growing up in the early two thousands and mid two thousands. But like, this is pretty pathetic at this point. This team is like such a joke. They don't even that one game against the Warriors. They look pretty good, but they're so bad night after night. I know they want to get a top three pick, but it's just like, it, it, I don't know. This whole thing is starting to turn into a bit of a circus. Yeah. But you know what? Fuck it. This is Kobe's last year. He knows they're not winning anything. He's out there just having fun. They just don't look like a team. They have good young pieces. They don't look like a team that's like building on anything, you know? Well, that's because Kobe's still there. If it was And Byron Scott, if who's it probably was a, the worst coach in If it was a history. different type of veteran, um, the veteran would be helping build the team around them. Kobe's still a, bit, a little bit of a, a ball hog. Yeah. Um, so it's, it, it's tough to help the rebuilding process in your last year if you don't want to be a part of it. It also seems like all Kobe's bogging actually helps them because if they if they fall outside of the top three in the lottery, they don't get their own pick. And if they fall inside the top three, they do get it. And the top three pick this year is pretty valuable because Ben Simmons and Ingram are coming out. So it seems like all this kind of stuff that Kobe's doing and all the losing is actually beneficial for the team long term, which is kind of funny because Kobe's so much about winning his whole career, you know? Yeah, but fuck it. Like, it's <laughs> it's his last season. They're not going anywhere. Um you're right with the with with the picks that are coming up. They want to get that maybe three pick. Yeah, they could get Buddy Hield and just replace Kobe right off the bat. Wow. Or I, you know, they're right now. If we were to stay chalk, and everything played out like it should it should percentage wise, they would actually end up with the number two pick. And there's some talk that obviously the top two players are Brandon Ingram and Ben Simmons, but there's some talk that now Ingram might leapfrog Simmons and go number one. Uh, that'd be kind of interesting if they had Ben Simmons, D'Angelo Russell, Jordan Clarkson, and and. Uh, Julius Randle going forward, that'd be a kind of interesting team. But I don't want to stray too far into Lakers because they're already on national TV enough and we have to watch them enough. But also off the court this week in hoops, uh, Kyrie Irving and his girlfriend, uh, R&B singer Kehlani, uh, got into a weird thing with Party Next Door, one of my favorite artists. He's a pretty cool guy. He's signed to Drake's label. Um, kind of a weird situation. I didn't. Uh, it seemed like Kyrie and Kehlani had been dating for a while and then this thing happened where party next door tweeted out a picture or instagrammed a picture of her hand uh and then she tried to commit suicide mike what do you think that seemed kind of like a weird story felt kind of bad for Kyrie. um this is where social media actually kind of takes effect and if it wasn't for everybody tweeting about the picture with kalani and party next door it wouldn't have been that big of a deal. It wouldn't have been that much of a public shame. Apparently, the Kyrie and Kehlani weren't dating at the time the picture went out. So Supposedly. Like, cares, I know? think that's kind of to save face. I think they were. Because um, nothing really came out. Weren't they seen like very recently before that? Like at, a, at the Cavs-Lakers game, which was like, I think, end of or beginning of March. Like That was only a few weeks ago. So I don't believe they were. I think it's to save face for both of them. Maybe. Kyrie doesn't want to be embarrassed that his girl cheated on him with... Uh, a SoundCloud artist. <laughs> um, so it's it, it, it kind of works both ways. Can't just SoundCloud, though. We're paying them 15 bucks a month so they can produce or put up our podcast on their website. Still love them. Yeah, thanks, guys. We're yeah. getting you more views and you're pulling this shit back at us. <laughs> I don't see you getting us four Jameson bottles. <laughs> SoundCloud, you could step it up a little bit. But anyway, uh, yeah, I felt kind of bad for Kyrie. Also, he hasn't been playing that well. Uh, and 
I don't want to talk about the Cavs anymore than we already have, but he has been playing that well, and I don't think this is going to help him. And it seems like this year LeBron isn't in the kind of mood to be a big brother and kind of be a nice guy and lift him up. Uh, so it just kind of sucks for him. And then Chris Brown, I guess Chris Brown and Kyrie have some weird friendship. Uh, I didn't know about that. but Same beard. Yeah. Uh, Chris Brown tweeted out something like, oh, shout out to my brother Kyrie for like and all this shit and said that Kehlani was like doing the wrong thing, all this kind of stuff. But I thought, thought that was kind of weird. Also within the Cavs. Uh, well, I'm glad Chris Brown likes to comment on uh, <laughs> people's relationship problems. Yeah. He, he has every right to. He's a professional. Yeah. Uh, also on the Cavs, this, uh, within the, since we did the last pod, uh, that quote came out from Howard Beck's story, Brotherhood, about LeBron Ooh. and Carmelo. Great story. Mike and I both read it today. Uh, awesome story. Howard Beck did a great job. It's pretty long, but I think it he doesn't waste any words. Uh and that quote about LeBron wanting to play with Carmelo, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Paul, it doesn't seem like that's feasible and in the near future. Uh, but Mike has a few thoughts about that. I think he wants them to all end up in New York. Is that what I heard? It's not that I want them to end up in New York. I think it's possible. I think they could uh, get LeBron in. They've, they've no, they're, they're not tied to anybody um, big money-wise besides from Carmelo Anthony. And they're lucky enough to have Porzingis on a rookie contract. Sure. They have a little bit of money to play with. They do, but um, uh, Chris Paul isn't a free agent, so they'd have to trade for him. Sign and trades, you know. You know Sign and trades. There, he's not a free agent, though. Anyway, uh, so the Knicks don't have – unless they wanted to trade Porzingis, they couldn't do that. But that would probably be one of the most monumental, awful decisions in NBA history, trading uh, a seven foot two guy that can defend the rim and shoot the three. And it's worth the draft pick and some players. Is it? Okay. Well, I guess any for anything for Knicks fans to get back into the some sort of relevancy. For Chris Paul, I'd take it. Really? Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, Mike really wants the banana boat to be permanently in New York, I guess. Uh, I guess I, I've heard... I mean, minus LeBron. If, if we could do that for Chris Paul, I would 100% do that. We haven't had draft picks in forever. We could give up one five years from now. I'd be very okay with that. Interesting. Don't know if the Clippers would go for that, but I guess <laughs> Mike's not too concerned about that. So too, sp- <laughs> too, too spoke. Yeah. So it seems like the only place that could actually this could actually happen is in Cleveland, uh, where the Cavs have Kyrie and Kevin Love, and it was rumored that Kyrie would be dealt for Chris Paul one front, and that Kevin Love would be involved in a three-team deal where he'd go to the Celtics and Carmelo would come to the Cavs, and then we just need to sign Dwayne Wade in a uh, in free agency. I don't want this to happen, nor do I think it will happen. I don't can't see Chris Paul, Carmelo, and LeBron all living in Cleveland. That seems just on the surface of the whole thing kind of weird that all those three megastars would be in a city like Cleveland uh, that just, I don't know. I just don't see that happening. Um, that'd probably be Mike's worst nightmare, right? If they all went to Cleveland. It can't happen in the near yeah. future. I'm not worried about <laughs> it. I would kind of excite, be excited to see it at the end of their careers. I think it would be awesome, especially after reading this article kind of showed a different light on LeBron um, than I'm used to seeing, of course, because he's just portrayed as either the all time greatest or just a complete asshole. And majority of uh, the people in New York think he's a big asshole. Besides uh, Matt and a couple, <laughs> and a couple, and other, my mom and my and dad, a couple other <laughs> basketball experts from Cleveland. Yeah. But at the time being, it's very unlikely. Who could they bring in though next season that could contend with the Warriors? I I don't know. I just to me it seems like the best bet is to just keep running this team out there and just see where we can go i don't know kevin love has been playing better the last few weeks uh he had a good game tonight against the hawks good enough he wasn't great but he was pretty good uh and it just seems like this team is good enough to win a title 
Uh, it's just that we have to, or at least make the finals every year uh, while LeBron is still playing at this level, and he's been playing incredible lately. I, he's getting a lot of flack for some of, the, some of the things he's done off the court, but he's been in, incredible. He's finishing at the rim. His field goal percentage is through the roof. Um, he's rebounding. He's passing. It seems like he's turned his on. His coaching. Yeah, his coaching has been good. Uh, it seems like he's turned on the playoff mode, and he's just like, he's getting there. I, I think it's going to be scary once they hit their rhythm and find their form in the second and third round of the playoffs. Um, some other things happened this week in uh, rap and uh, in, in hip-hop. Uh, Young Thug dropped a new mixtape. I'm a big fan. Uh, Slime Season 3. three. Slime Season 3. Yeah. Uh, not that Young Thug is maybe the most lyrical rapper, but you know he's cool to listen to. Um, different. He's pretty original. I don't think I've heard anyone like him, maybe besides Lil Wayne. But um, Mike wasn't a fan of it. Let's hear why. I wasn't a fan of the mixtape. Of course, I like Young Thug. He's quickly becoming our number two pregame <laughs> artist right behind yeah. our boy Future. And he's also quickly becoming one of the rappers that you completely can't understand any lyrics. <laughs> yeah. But we love it anyway, yeah. and we try to say it anyway. We look it up on Rap Genius and see what he's talking about. But the mixtape as a whole, I wasn't impressed with, although it was a mixtape. Um, I was able to uh, get through it a few times and... Uh, Kind of like what I hear, but being disappointed at the same time. I mean, with them is their definite fan favorite. Everyone uh, loves that song. My favorite song on the album was Memo. Shout out um, to DKC for writing all the memos. We're in, we're heavy in the memo game. So Memo, I thought, was like the most... Uh, I think it was best lyrical, and it, it got me the most hyped out of all the songs on the album. And then I also liked how Prom shouted out Nelly with the Air Force Ones and Nellyville's <laughs> second album. It's That's a good guy. Yeah, he seems like a good guy. Uh, the album cover is a little crazy. He's like dripping blood out of his eye, wearing a septum ring or thing. Slime season. Yes, I guess that's slime season. Uh, oh, DKC also is where I work. It's a pretty cool place. Public relations firm, pretty dope. They pay my salary, which is cool. Um, bi week. It's the pod. yeah, straight. It's bi weekly. Um, so that's kind of cool. But yeah, most of it goes to the pod, and you know, just like funding various park slope uh small businesses that's all the, my, one of my other pastimes um to get you know the whole pod crew and we walk up and down fifth avenue <laughs> seeing what new restaurant we can try out recently we've been super into uh mat what's it called meat thai mai thai? Uh, thai. thai uh very good pad thai uh i like the chicken kind drunken man noodle yeah drunken man noodle is another fan favorite of the pod yeah well, uh yeah i don't know uh Mao. yeah pad ki mao that's the one pad ki mao Tom Young Goong Soup. Uh, I'd say anything else. No, that's basically it. One of my other, one of our other favorites is Calexico, right? Mike Mike thinks that Hot Pog has better uh, fish burritos. I still don't oh, buy burrito it. Burrito Loco in Comac. If you haven't heard of it, go there, check it out. It's uh, right on Comac Road. The fish burritos are unreal. Um, I think it's time for a shot. Oh fuck! So, oh Mats, you got to get over here. Yo, Anthony Bodies. Oh, he's he's playing a little division right now. Guys, uh if you're drinking now, you know. Shoot enjoy one yeah, enjoy yeah. a shot on us. Maybe come through. Got so plenty the, of black label. Plenty, yeah. Oh, we're sipping for days off the black label, baby. Alright, here we go. Me and Mikey Bodies. <laughs> to the jump. Oh, man. That was a good one. That stuff is disgusting. Woo! Wow. All right. Well, it's Friday night. We're loose. We're goosey. 
Uh, we're feeling it. Uh, Mike, what else do we want to talk about? Oh, that speaking jo- of feeling it, speaking I'm feeling it. it. <laughs> Sounds like something Joey Badass would go over. Oh, my boy Joey Bodies. Joey so, Bodies. I don't know if you guys have heard, but there's the a little bod-nod. bit of a, a little bit of a tip between him and Troy Ave. Yeah. Um. So, which it started when uh, Joey Badass kind of called out Troy Ave for not making as much money as him. He made no bread. His album sold like a hundred albums the first week, bro. Like, get your numbers up. Yeah. So he was talking wild smack about it and then troy have came back a little bit harder than he way crazier well joey badass said that capital steez would outsell troy have or he mentioned he definitely mentioned capital steez in that rap that first thing he said about troy have which was like pretty hard that was the second one second one the second one because the first one was just joey and troy and then troy came back at him and was talking about how his boy killed himself yeah, and was talking up. shit like, about Troy Ave, chill beast. Yeah, like, what's good with that, dude? Yeah. Like, you don't do that. Like, threaten the guy's family. Don't threaten, don't talk about the dead. Yeah. His best friend. So then, like, kill. We're also not sure how he killed himself. He might have hung himself, which is pretty like crazy. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And then Joey Badass went on the the five fingers. What is it? The five fingers of death on Sway. Yeah. But he turned it into the six. He turned it into the six. Yeah. He threw a six beat on that. Yeah. And I I don't know. I haven't seen other artists do that. But he he took it on it. there and he said uh, he said something along the lines of. He'll do uh, Capital C's will do better and sell more when he's dead than anything Troyev will put out alive. Yeah. And he also, like, all right, so Troyev basically in his diss track, like, called out Joy Badass, but used his name and was super in your face about his all the diss track or diss raps. But Troy or Joy Badass is like probably one of the most lyrical rappers in the game and was able to break down Troyev like line by line. And it was just like way better, I thought. Also, I'm a Joey Badass fan, and Troy Ave just seems like a 50-cent wannabe to me. Another SoundCloud homie. like Yeah, like, get your, first of all, like, sell more records. Like, get your numbers up. And I see, I saw you at the Magnesis thing. Remember, we dapped it. Yeah, <laughs> drop, name dropping now uh, at the Islanders game. Like, you were a cool guy, but, like, bro, like, this isn't that cool. And, like, all your, your thing on Worldstar got, like, no views. Like, bro, you're kind of whack now. Like, you had that one cool song uh, last year, but, like, come on, man. Uh, Joey Badass is turning into the king of New York right now for yeah. hip hop, and Troy Ave is trying to rival him and say that it's him. There's a few other rappers in front of you, buddy. It, that doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, Joey Badass is way too good. He's so good, like, and he's cool as fuck too. Like, yeah, he is just like you're a Brooklyn born and raised yeah. New York rapper, and he doesn't shy from it, and he stays independent because he won't change his shit for anybody. Anybody's so coming from anybody, Mikey Bodies. Joey Bodies doesn't change for anybody's. So <laughs> for that, it's we give Kendrick Lamar a big L, man. I mean, not Kendrick Lamar. Wow, wow. Sorry, not Kendrick Lamar. Troy, yeah, we give you a big L for that one, man. You fucked up. Yeah, it was. Uh, we almost got him back to Matzas though that one time. Remember? Oh, you were down. Yeah, he was. Yeah, so the backstory is that we uh, Mats and I uh, went with our friend jay and this other guy that we know uh who shall remain nameless uh connor connor delaney what's up man uh but we went with him the four of us went to an islanders game we got like a really crazy seats through magnesis and uh we met troy ave there who was friends with billy mcfarlane the founder of magnesis and we were chilling with him and we invited him back to uh Matz's crib to just hang out with us or we were gonna have a party and he almost came, and Anna almost hooked it up. But then I guess last minute it fell through. But it would have been kind of cool. But now that this whole thing happened, I'm fucking glad you didn't come, bro. Like, chill, you know? You meek mill ass bitch. This <laughs> isn't going to help you. I know you did this for some publicity. You wanted to get more views. 
Nobody's going to listen to any of your shit It's not working, bro. It's not working. Like You're not hot. That's final. Yeah. So uh, tomorrow is the final four. You're probably listening to this on Saturday. So it's basically today is the final four. Uh, and two pretty good matchups. Mike is high on Villanova. He really wants to see Jay Wright win and uh, make the championship game and possibly win. I don't see that happening. I don't see them getting by Oklahoma. But, Mike, how do you see that game playing out? It should be pretty interesting. This is probably going to be my favorite game of the tournament and also my least favorite because we have my pl- favorite player, Buddy Heald, along with maybe 40% of America who watches college basketball as well. Love that guy. He's a great fucking guy. Yeah. Against my favorite team, Villanova, and my close personal friend, Jay Wright. <laughs> so I called Jay Wright up the other day. Um little pep talk, make sure he's good, he's he's not nervous. And uh, I brought up his Hall of Fame contention. Mm-hmm. And he's saying there's a lot of naysayers. I'm one of the yaysayers, of course. Um, the guy is going to get 500 wins relatively quickly. And he's going to have at least another 10 years in him. He's hitting 700 wins. He has a Final Four appearance. He's got a couple of Elite Eights, a couple of Sweet Sixteens. If they could win this game, it could help solidify his chances in the Hall of Fame. Never mind winning the championship game against most likely North Carolina. Yeah, I'd see North Carolina. The only thing with Jay Wright I don't see for Hall of Fame is I think to make the Hall of Fame as a college coach, you need to be really dominant. And like you think Coach K, Calipari has been dominant. Um, Roy Williams has been dominant. Bill Self has been dominant. To me, uh, the last Jay- three seasons, they won 30 games. Yeah, but to me, Jay Wright is no better than Thad Mata, who coaches Ohio State. We've made the national championship game. We've made two Final Fours. We made the elite eight like five straight years. Jay Wright brought Hofstra to the champ uh, to the tournament. Yeah, but Dad might have brought Butler to the to the Sweet Sixteen twice, and th- and Xavier. He's a great coach. So like, and he recruited Greg Oden, Mike Conley. I mean, I'm just saying. Like, I don't know how. I don't know if he's dominant. Like, I don't know if he's a Hall of Fame coach. Like Bayheim and Roy Williams obviously are. But uh, I mean, I guess that's like the scandal game of the century. So maybe those guys won't make the final. Probably it's going to get the final four. Uh, appearance is going to get vacated in like the next two years but i mean it could be a possible if he does make the whole fame this is a possible three hall of fame final uh, <laughs> coach final four with uh Bayheim, not boheim and uh roy williams but i mean i think that game is going to be really good they're both really good three-point shooting teams uh oklahoma the better uh it's if if buddy Heald comes in playing like he did in his last two games sweet 16 the elite eight villanova's not going to have a chance it, it's he's going to take over the game completely he could drop Mid thirty points, it's it'd be insane. But if Villanova could keep it together, Ryan Archidiakno, I mean, these guys beat Kansas, a team whose starting lineup is going to the NBA, and there's not an NBA ready ready player in Villanova's lineup. Yeah, maybe uh, that point guard Brunson, but or that Jenkins kid, but probably not. Yeah, you're probably right. So I just don't want to rule them out too quick. I think they're actually the favorite. But in retrospect, they shouldn't be. Uh, if you watch college basketball, you know they are not the team that is stronger in the suit at the moment. Um, yeah, Nova. Wow. Yeah, they're they're they're, they're two favorite. point favorite. I mean, it's not much, but they are two point favorite. Uh, I think it could be really interesting because all right, so Villanova beat Kansas, but in the in the tournament, it's so hard because they play one like it's just one game. It's not a series, and Kansas just missed shots. I mean, Selden missed shots that he hits every time. Ellis missed shots that he hits the whole year. Uh, they just missed shots. They scored 57 points. That's so unlike them. And I don't know. If Oklahoma could just make shots, I don't know if, if Villanova is going to be able to score enough to hang with them. Uh, I think that Archie Diacono is going to score. I think he'll be able to like make shots and make enough shots to keep them in it. 
And I do think it's going to be a great game. But I just I don't see Villanova winning. I don't see Buddy losing before before the final. I think it's going to be really good though. And I'm excited for the North Carolina game too. I think Syracuse with Benajay and uh, uh, Malachi Richardson. I think that's going to be really interesting because they pose a huge threat to Syracuse uh, to um, North Carolina going going big. They play so big, but Syracuse can really stretch you out. And if those guys can make shots, I think they could beat North Carolina. Um, Malachi's going to have a huge game, and so is Benajay. And Leiden's going to have to make shots from beyond the arc. But they could beat North Carolina. North Carolina's good, and they're probably even great. But they're if they don't make shots and they don't really, they're not proficient at shooting the three. Uh, you can beat them. They're going to have to play Theo Pinson a lot off the bench, which will be interesting. Uh, they're going to have to play him at two, and he's not a very good shooter. Uh, he's good off the bounce, and he's good around the, on the around the rim. But if they can't control the paint and they can't make threes. Um, it's going to be tough for them uh, just because their guard play isn't tremendous. So we'll see, though. My picks are still North Carolina and Oklahoma to make the final. Malachi. Make a lick a high, make a hiney, <laughs> hiney ho. Uh, I think that game's going to be a blowout. I think Syracuse uh, made their run, and they're pivoting here, and I think they know it as well. Um, the run that they made was extraordinary because it was said that they probably weren't going to be in the tournament anyway. Yeah, which is um, They kind of talked their way in, forced their way in. Beheim had a nine-game suspension. Talk their way in. Mike, are you throwing shade at Syracuse's way? Maybe they're – No, 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 no. Hey, uh, hey, fake it till you make it. it <laughs> look at what you – look at what came from it. If you yeah. if you didn't do it, where would you be? You'd be sitting home watching this. Um, But, you know, Beheim missing nine, the first nine games of the season. They weren't in the tournament last year. They had play, their playoffs um, vacated. Um, So to come back and do this is really big for them. I think this is, this is their point of no return. Uh, if – they're not getting past North Carolina. North Carolina is too strong of a team. And my picks as well are North Carolina and Oklahoma. I want to see Buddy Heald take it all. So I think this year, or this run, not this year, but this run to the Final Four kind of solidified Beheim as a pretty great coach. I was pretty skeptical of him before. Well, I've always been skeptical of him just because his only championship was with Carmelo. And Carmelo was an all-time great college player. I mean, in the regular season, he was great. In the postseason, he was great. But... He doesn't consistently get out of the first and second round in the tournament. He get they, Syracuse seems to get upset quite a bit. Uh, and Bayham's a great coach. They made the Final Four with that Deion Waiters team a few years ago. But, like, he's – I don't know. He just didn't never seem like he did that much. Uh, he recruits decent players. But that zone scheme seems kind of old school to me. And now that guys are better shooting and better at passing and dribbling, uh, it doesn't seem to work as well anymore. But he still, like, stays with it no matter what. But you saw the last two games when they went to the press is when they actually were most effective. He won that game for them. Yeah, because he went to the press. So I thought that that was an awesome in-game coaching uh, decision. I don't know if that was him or maybe one of his assistants. I think that head coaches get too much credit sometimes that a lot of times their assistants have great ideas too. But especially at the right time. The, yeah. the right time to call that is pretty tough. And they did it, I don't want to say early on with um, – Virginia because they needed to. They were down by so many. Yeah, that's points. what. That's the other thing is they were down by so much. But against, but they Gonzaga, went on. A, they went on a twenty-five to two run against yeah. a good Virginia team. So, so I've been kind of. That's impressive. I like. I think Virginia is a great team. They're a great college team. But so Virginia should have blown Syracuse out easily, and well, they were. Not only that, but it's the way Virginia plays that doesn't let them blow teams out. So they got up by I think it was fifteen between fifteen and twenty, uh, late in the second half. But the way they play is they play so slow and they walk the ball up the court and it doesn't allow you when you're playing at your best to run another team off the court and go up by 25 or 30 points, which they could have done, but they play such a slow pace mm-hmm. 
which allow which allows the other team to creep back in the game. And if you can speed them up and get them out of their game, they're not used to playing a quick tempo, and it just kind of screwed them over. I, Virginia is is always going to be great in the regular season because that pace is so tough. But when you get up in the tournament against better teams, it's you need to be able to run them off the court when you're playing your best. And they have good players, Virginia. They have Malcolm Brogdon, London Parentes. Good. They have a good backcourt. They should have been able to run up that score when they were playing at their best so that when Syracuse came back, because another team is always going to make a run. But when Syracuse came back, it shouldn't have been able to get the lead. They should have still been up by six or seven. I thought that was their main problem is that they just they don't play fast enough. you got to play faster. And the television stations love this yeah. because you know why? Syracuse's fan base is huge. Massive. Well, we know because we're in New York City. But. Yeah, and anywhere above Westchester yeah. is a Syracuse fan. Yeah. No other school. So – that's huge compared to a decently small Virginia fan base. And not only that, but their alumni are pretty like spread out across the country. So I feel like they probably have pockets of fans all across the country. When I mean, I would imagine, right? It's a good school. It's a public, private school. Yeah, and a more known basketball school as yeah, well. Yeah, for sure. So they have fans all over the nation. They not love just hoops in New York. too, and they love hoops. They love it. Yeah, I'll, I know that everyone that I know that went to Syracuse is so huge on hoops. Like they they've gone to all the games. So it's kind of cool, I guess. Um, just, I think it's going to be a good Final Four, and I think the championship, if it's Oklahoma North Carolina, is going to be epic because I think Buddy, I think Bill Simmons has been saying it. Buddy's just taking out his genitals and he's showing everyone his balls and he's letting everyone know, like I'm here. Uh, I think it could be really interesting because Buddy could just go at those those North Carolina guards. I don't think they're equipped to defend him, and I think you could see him have a huge night. I think he's incredible. That guy is so freaking good. I can't wait to watch him in the NBA. There's always one player every year that really outshines the rest yeah. during the tournament, but this is more so than it's so than, fun than to the watch past, too. and it's almost I, it reminds me of Kemba Walker. So two different mm. play styles, yeah. but same type of backdrop behind them and the same type of of like hype hype that they're creating. Yeah. It was that was a fun year to watch, and uh, this one is too. And I hope it doesn't end tomorrow night. I'm hoping it makes it all the way to Monday, and uh, he could get a championship in the NCAA before he gets one in the NBA. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, if you're betting on the games, I would say it'd be kind of interesting maybe to parlay the two games. Um, oh, no, not sorry. Par- not parlay. I mean, you could parlay, but maybe tease the two games. I know teasers have kind of fallen out of style with the betting guys, but I think they're still pretty uh, valuable. So Oklahoma's a two-point favorite. So if you tease them up to – or sorry, a two-point underdog, you could tease them up to a six-point underdog. And then tease up Syracuse to a 14-point underdog. And I don't think Oklahoma is going to lose by more than six. I don't think Syracuse is going to lose by more than 14. So I think that could be kind of interesting. Maybe put 50 bucks on that. You make 50, you get 100 back. Maybe put 100, you make another 100. But it could be an interesting thing to do. Or just place, if you want to just go place a straight bet, you just put that on the under on Syracuse. Uh, I don't think they're going to lose by more than 10 either. I think that game's going to be pretty close. Um, so, yeah, those are my betting takes. Uh, let want to move on to pro hoops, Mike. Well, I just want to say every time you said T's, it just reminded me of one of our bars in uh, Albany. WT's. Uh, hey. We could have been hosting this podcast there for a while now if we would have uh, had this brainiac idea then. But uh, shout out to WT's. Um, we'll be up. We'll see you guys soon, probably right yeah. alumni weekend, late April or uh, early May. We'll be up there doing a alumni pod, most likely. Probably. We're going to see if we can work out the kinks for it yeah. and make it happen. Um, I want to jump into one thing. I want to ask you, Matt, and we didn't talk about this yet. CP3 withdrew his name from the oh, Olympic yeah, team. That's true. Um, I'm wondering what type of uh, player are they going to bring in? Who's replacing him? Well, the, the USA is loaded with point guards. Uh, 
The, but this brings this brings a spot for another player. It does. It does. But all right. So it brings up the spot and the one player. Uh, there are the two players that are going to be competing for it. I think are Damian Lillard and Kyrie. Wouldn't you think? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I think that Damian Lillard has clearly had the better year. I don't know how much Brian Colangelo takes like into effect the regular season in the NBA, or if he really looks at that training camp that they have before the Olympics, or but, how the Olympics is even played. Also, it's a different yeah. style of basketball. I think Kyrie, Kyrie could tear through it. Well, yeah, you saw in that FIBA game in 2014, he was he was the MVP of the tournament. Mm-hmm. He was really really good. But Damian Lillard has been on fire this year. I think, all right, so Damian Lillard has been good, but I think his numbers have been outplayed or been like overstayed a little bit. He's still shooting a low percentage, right? I mean, he's. But like, they also don't need a player that can tear through it either because every other player on the team can do that for him. So. But this brings us out the other point is, is LeBron going to play now and is Carmelo going to play? Right. Dwayne Wade's definitely so not Carmelo's playing. definitely playing. He said he wants to experience oh, a winning right, team. That's right. And I think, I'm, I'm pretty sure I heard whispers. About a month ago of LeBron not playing. Well, he said he was going to wait until the end of the season to see. I don't think he's going to. I think I think that's his way of like spacing it out and, and, and uh, giving you a chance to breathe and see. But you know what? Now that Melo is definitely playing on it. Yeah, he might just be like, definitely it. a possibility. Yeah. This is this is their one chance to play together if they don't make their dream happen that's towards true. the end of their career. But it'd be, so. so like, all right, so last the last Olympics, uh, I don't have the roster in front of me, but there's so many like different new good players in the NBA mm-hmm. this time around. Uh, I love how Anthony Davis was right on the team immediately after college. That's what yeah, I like that also. That I was that was but really now cool. he can't play this summer because of that labor mm-hmm. injury. Yep. So uh, it would be interesting. I think like Kawhi Leonard is a new guy. You know, he's got to make the All Star team, right? I mean, and Kevin Love made the last team. I don't think Kevin Love's making this team. No, definitely not. Definitely not. Uh, LeBron wouldn't allow it. Even if he wasn't <laughs> playing, he wouldn't let him on it. Uh, I think maybe if the Cavs don't make the finals this year, LeBron will never want to see Kevin Love again in his whole life. <laughs> and it's possible he won't. Yeah, yeah he'll just like uh, shun him. Just on the court and where he's able to shun him, honestly. Yeah. I don't think Kevin Love has – or I don't think there's any love between LeBron and Kevin Love as much as they try to cover it up. They just – they don't seem like they get along at all. But uh, Darren Williams isn't making this team. Kobe no. Bryant's not making this team. Uh, uh, a lot of fresh faces. Yeah, so it's going to be new. But, like, Steph Curry's obviously one of the – he's the best player in the NBA. Clay Thompson's going to be on it. Well, yeah, Clay Thompson will be on it. Um, other good two guards. Um, I doubt Dwayne Wade's going to play. Yeah, I, don't think I he's really can't play. Well, he's not that good anymore. He's not, but he's a player that they would take for the team. That's just how they do. And he's a crafty veteran still, to say the least. I think they're moving to, like, younger guys that are actually, like, good, you know? Well, like, so what could be interesting, like, Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah, sure. Like, he's a fucking beast, you know? If I only saw- we could get Zinger. Yeah, oh man. <laughs> if they had Zinger. But like who's gonna play center? Like is Carl who is Anthony Davis not gonna be there? Dwight Howard's not gonna be on the team. I heard in two thousand twelve they all hated when he played, so they could put Kawhi there. At center? Yeah, they probably couldn't they'd still win just space the court. Or Draymond. Like what is Draymond yeah. gonna make the team? Are the Warriors gonna have three yeah, three guys on the uh on the team? So that could be kinda of interesting. And well if the Cavs move to the Warriors again, how's LeBron gonna take playing with them? Will he even play? <laughs> That's insane. That's insane. Three, he'll have to play with three guys that just beat him for the second straight year. You know, I don't see him wanting to do that. Uh, hey, this year's not over yet. All right, it's not over yet. But like, even the flip side, will Steph, Clay, and Draymond want to play with LeBron and Kyrie? Like, that's kind of a, just a weird dynamic. That's true. I don't know if that's played out ever before in the Olympics. Uh, I'm assuming not, just because I don't remember Michael going up against any guys that he faced in the finals mm. or anything like that. Maybe that Barkley. Jordan, uh, that was two summers after the finals, actually. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that could be interesting. There's a lot of interesting stuff going on. Damn, that's a good memory. Yeah. Bug. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Yeah, uh, I think the that was the Suns and the Bulls played in '94, and the Olympics was '96. Yeah. And Jordan might not even played in that '96 Olympics, if I remember. I think they he it was like Shaq. It was Shaq's team then. Uh, anyway, uh, the Cavs beat Atlanta tonight. Uh, they beat them by two in overtime. Nail biter. They're up by twenty in the first half. Let Atlanta sneak back into the game. Um, it wasn't like a fluid game from the Cavs. I would say right? definitely not. Definitely they were not. Uh, a lot of turnovers. Turnovers uh, and missed shots. Stupid in the second turnovers. Half. Yeah. That's what it was. And and miss shots in the second half. I still don't know if Kyrie and Kevin Love and LeBron are hitting on all cylinders, but um, they won, and it was a good game to win on the road. The Hawks have been playing good basketball. Uh, and right now, Boston is down by one against Golden State on wow. the road in the third quarter. So one you guys are listening to this, obviously the game will be over. We don't know what's going to happen. But that's kind of interesting. Maybe this is Golden State's first loss at home. Boston is a good team to do it. They're well coached. They have guys that can fill up, fill it up. I love their team, man. I can't yeah. wait to see what they're going to be. I know. It's, it's almost uh, – I kind of want to say what we wanted from the Sixers when they started this up, but mm-hmm. uh, now we just see that it's been disastrous for them as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think Boston could do this. I said before the game, I said this is going to be a loss. Did I not? He did say that, but Mike has also been saying that the last like 30 times the Warriors <laughs> have played at home, so I don't know if you could take him too this seriously. This is our year. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, I think that's about it uh, for this week's pod. Uh, we're going to be coming at you from uh, the Pesh residence or maybe the Mott's residence on Monday night after the – we're going to give you our hot fire uh, takes on the national championship game, and we'll talk to you maybe about some more NBA stuff, right? Well, I have a couple things I want to say oh, before we uh, jump off. You know, this is my pod as well. Yeah, it is. So uh, I'm not saying goodnight just yet, but – I have a bounty out in Staten Island. I need my my uh, slime nation. I need my Staten Island bing bang bowls <laughs> to come out and band together. Someone threw a concrete cinder block at my windshield while I was driving. Shattered the whole thing. Had precious cargo in the passenger seat. Could have been dead if it went through. So bing bang bowls, if I ever needed you before, I need you the most now. So the bounty is $100 on any true information on who might have done this. In other news, R.I.P. Fife Dog. Oh, yeah, that's right. The five-foot assassin. Pfeiffer. Could he really dunk? <laughs> Someone said he could dunk. <laughs> that's insane because he was five. Let's look it up. We'll get the video going now. Um, but, yeah, he was awesome. Tribe what? Called Quest, man. I mean, they were a pinnacle of 90s rap. And they were a 90s feel-good type of style where everybody was welcome everyone was equal I they mean, were rocking warriors jerseys back then too yeah, that was hot oakland yeah that's what it is you know maybe it's like kind of the warriors vibe like like tribe called quest is kind of like the warriors the warriors kind of play jazz on the court right <laughs> that's insane the jazz play some jazz on the court in the background but so tribe called quest q-tip i feel you man pfeiffer <laughs> r.i.p <laughs> This is the Brentwood coming out of Mike. <laughs> yeah. Mike, you bodies. Straight I'm out fine of B-Wood, over here, dog. Man, man these, were, these are the guys I listened to in middle school. Fuck, man. Yeah, the early 90s, man. That was my stuff. That was his stuff, man. <laughs> that was my stuff, yo. So, R.I.P. That's why I was Mikey Bodies was first born. Born and bred. B-Wood, dog. Fife, I know you're listening. Stay jumping. Check uh, 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 uh,
on the boulevard I lit it We used to kick routines and the presence was fit And it was I, the abstract And me the five footer I kicks the mad style, so step off the frankfurter Yo, Fife, you remember that routine? That we used to make spiffy like Mr. Clean? Um, um, a tidbit, um, a smidgen I don't get the message, so you got to okay. run the pigeon You're on point, Fife All the time, tip You're on point, Fife All the time, tip You're on point, Fife All the time, tip But then grab the microphone and let your words rip Now here's a funky introduction of how nice I am Tell your mother, tell your father, send a telegram I'm like an energizer cause you see I last long My crew is never ever whack because we stand strong Now if you say my style is whack, I swear you're dead wrong I slay that body in El Segundo, then push it along You'll be a fool to reply the fight was not the man Cause you know and I know that you know who I am A special shout out piece goes out to all my pals, you see And a middle finger goes for all you punk MCs Cause I love it when you whack MCs despise me They get vexed, I will next gonna contest me I'm just a fight MC who's 5 for 3 and very brave on top remaining, no, I'm training cause I misbehave I come correct in full effect, of all my holes in check And before I get the butt, the gym must be a wreck You see, my aura's positive, I don't promote no junk See, I'm far from a bully and I ain't a punk Extremity of rhythm, yeah, that's what you heard So just clean out your ears and just check the word Check the vibe Rhymes were so rumping that the brothers rolled the zap. Hey yo, Tip, do you recall when we used to rock what? those fly routines on your cousin's block? Um, let me see. Damn, I can't remember. I'll receive the message and you will play the same. You're on point, Tip. All the time, Fife. You're on point, Tip. Yeah, all the time, Fife. You're on point, Tip. You're all the time, Fife. So play the resurrector yeah. and give the dead some life. Okay, if knowledge is the key, then just show me the lock. Got the scrawny legs, but I move just like Lou Brock with speed. I'm agile, plus I'm worth your while. 100% intelligent black child. My opera presentation sizzles the retina. How far must you go to gain respect? Um, well, it's kind of simple. Just remain your own, or you'll be crazy, sad, and alone. Industry rule number 4080. Record company people are shady. So kids, watch your back, cause I think they smoke crack. I don't doubt it. Look at how they act. Off the better things like a hip hop forum. Pass me the rock and I'll score them with the corn and proper. What you say, hammer? Proper. Rap is not pop if you call it that and stop. 